Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. Let's! But first... We have to cover a few things. First of all, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's uh, usually not suitable for children. This one's not going to be that bad, but like... You know, it's going to have some... Definitely some sexism, some racism. You know, the the usual. Mm -hmm. So... Also, I'm the non-believing sort of Jew, and I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And I am the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist, and I normally read the New International Version of the Bible, or NIV. But today we are doing the apocryphal book of Sirach. A.K.A. the all-powerful wisdom of... all-righteous wisdom of... (laughs) A.K.A. The all-virtuous wisdom of Joshua ben Zira. Yeah. A.K.A. ben Zira, A.K.A. the wisdom of Sirach. A.K.A. Ecclesiasticus. That's right. Um, and so for this uh, for this apocryphon, I am reading the Good News translation. Uh, Just because you felt like you, you needed some... Oh, G&T. That's why. It's your personal brand. Yeah. I'm, I'm loyal to my favorite. My go-to drink is gin and tonic. And my go-to uh, source for apocryphal Bible books is the G&T. <laughs> And uh, also, it's really bad, and it's funny that it's bad. It's funny that it's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really bad. It's just like, it's very colloquial. Mm-hmm. We're going to get very colloquial. Oh, my. Um, what else? Apologies for last week. Uh, we had to take the week off just because we had finished traveling, and I got sick. Oh, I got a little, I got a little tickle in my mouth. <laughs> um, so, we... I don't know. We're feeling pretty weird about our new president. Um, 
we don't want to make this like a political podcast, but it's like hard to not talk about it because it's all that's on my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We just kind of want to say like, fuck Trump. Yes. And uh, another way of saying that is it's we're thinking about it a lot. And we think in the next four years, there are probably going to be a lot of people who are going to have it even harder than they than they normally do. So we're trying to find ways to, you know, uh, support them and do our part to support them and stand with them, Um, be empathetic and be good people, even in a time where we don't have a ton of faith in politics or like humanity. But we're not I mean, like if if Trump comes up, we'll talk about him. But Mm -hmm. but we we're not going to like, you know, preface each podcast with like a call to action or anything no. um but if you follow me on twitter that's like all i do right now all i've done for the past several days so um that's what we have to say and that's the end of it yeah today we're talking about the book of sirach so it's another wisdom book it's similar to ecclesiastes and proverbs mm-hmm. in that way um and in fact it is often called ecclesiasticus i guess from what i can tell it's like uh, more plausible that this was written by like just one person during one time period, mm-hmm. but again, you know why? Why? Because he signed it. Oh yeah, he did sign it. We'll get to that. Which you're not supposed to do. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that's that's one of the reasons, supposedly, possibly that, that it's that it wasn't added to the Jewish canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did read some of that. So it's in the it's in the canon for Catholics. And for uh, Eastern Orthodox mm-hmm. Christians, not in there for Protestants or Jews, although there are denominations of both uh, Protestantism and Judaism that like recognize it as, you know, like, a, you know, a good piece of theological literature. That it's a nice piece of meat, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you can read and discuss, but it's not like a holy text in the same way as the rest of the Bible. And according to the Jewish encyclopedia, it's considered part of the rabbinical tradition. The book. Right, yeah. And there's like Talmud, like commentary mm-hmm. on it. Um, it is s- supposed to be, and very well might be, the the wisdom of this guy who is named Yeshua ben Sira, mm-hmm. which sometimes is transliterated as Joshua, but can also be tra- transliterated as Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Jesus was called in his life was Yeshua. Um, and so it's kind of confusing. So if we mention Jesus, we're talking about not the real Jesus. We're talking about little Jesus, not big Jesus. <laughs> um, a Jesus, not the Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think that's everything I have. It, it would normally go before Isaiah, but we're doing it out of order because, uh, we just do all the Apocrypha out of order. We kind of fit them in when convenient for we us. Sprinkle them on there like... Delicious jimmies, like so many jimmies on a Sunday of your choice. Um, So this dude, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, the minor. You haven't heard of him. Don't worry. uh, Conveyed all this wisdom to his his son, who was a scribe. His Mm -hmm. name was... uh, Who was a scrub. Shimon, Mm -hmm. who wrote all this down. And then it was translated into Greek by his grandson. And so it starts with... This really weird... The weirdest prologue so far in the Bible. Translation note, Mm -hmm. where it's basically him saying, it's this grandson saying, look, translated this from Hebrew to Greek, 
Some stuff is going to get lost. That's just how translation works. <laughs> it's true of all the other stuff that we've translated from Hebrew to Greek. So, like, stop writing my jock about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, so interesting. Like, you definitely have to keep that out of the Protestant Bible. Yeah. Because, like... I mean, you should... I mean, like, I assume it, if notes like that existed in any other books, they got edited out. Because, like, that's really not going to convince people that you're reading like divine inspiration yeah or i mean it's like you know he's like yeah some stuff is going to get lost in translation that's just how translation works and like you know i i'm reading this in the good news translation you know Mm -hmm. which is like not just the product of centuries of translation but then it's like an additional voluntary obfuscation yeah Yeah. on top of that um yeah so yeah you got to keep that out of the protestant bible or like you your shit about biblical literalism is not going to work and like using the bible as the ultimate authority is not going to work yeah more like biblical shitterism yeah more like chapter one as fine a place to start as any uh we start with a you know a poem about wisdom personified as a woman i like this stuff i am a fan of personified wisdom as a character i'm it's getting a little trite at this point but i don't have a big objection to it speaking of wisdom and god It is he, God, who created her wisdom. He saw her and took her measure. He poured her out upon all his works. I like that. It's nice. I I like the idea that wisdom is his first creation, first of all, because wisdom, as defined by Ben Sirach here. It's Ben Sirach. Ben Sirach. Or Sirach. I don't exactly know where. Well, then why'd you correct me? It's Ben Sirach or Sirach, not Ben Sirach. I see. I see. I see. I don't know why. You're forgiven. (laughs) Thank you. You're um, a merciful husband. <laughs> You're a lucky baby. <laughs> but he says basically the core of the, the kernel of wisdom is fear of God. So if the first thing God did after like basically coming into existence was to create wisdom, the first thing he, that he did was to create a fear of himself hmm. and then have that be like a, a kernel of, of like the, truth the root and goodness. of everything. Yeah. yeah. I think that's just self-centered enough to be consistent with the characterization of God in the Bible. <laughs> Fair. That the first thing that he created was was a healthy fear of himself. Um, and then, you know, like, I feel like in the first several chapters and, and throughout this book, which is 50 chapters long, by the way, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's a lot of this, you know, kind of like common sense uh, advice that... We've seen in some other wisdom literature. Yeah, let's, let's break it down. Like, what kind of stuff is in this book? Um, you know, so like, obey your parents. Um, yeah, there's like practical advice for life. Yeah, there's sort of devotional poetry or prayer. Uh huh. There's a little bit of like apocalyptic prophecy. Just a just a a sousson. A sousson of apocalyptic <laughs> prophecy. There are like sort of a philosophical meditations on on like death. Yeah. And stuff like that, yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily qualify or categorize as advice necessarily. Yeah, definitely. But there's also a little bit of history at the end. So it's a real, it's yeah. a real grab bag. It is a baby. real grab bag. It's a real it's very GB. long. We could talk about, like, we could go through this and dissect every verse and discuss it. And so what you're going to get is like, not like, <laughs> we, we couldn't possibly touch on all of it. So. Yeah. I mean. We don't have the time or the fingers. <laughs> I mean, I have the fingers, but... You've got the fingers? Oh, yeah. Check these out. What does that mean? 
Oh my, look at him go. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> um so yeah, it's like, you know, it's like obey your parents, mm-hmm. um, give money to the poor. Parents just don't understand. Uh in West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> it's a different song, but it's okay. <laughs> I know that's a different song. You're the one who doesn't know all the lyrics to the Fresh Prince theme. I, I, as far as I can tell, I'm none the worse for it. That is patently untrue, but we're <laughs> moving on. Um, uh, do not let others have their way at your expense. Do not bring on your own ruin by giving up your rights. That's true. Just letting that hang there. Okay. Uh, don't hide your wisdom. Yeah, don't hide but your... But remember that you do not know everything. And don't be afraid to confess your sins. One of the things I like about the way the author talks about wisdom at the beginning of this book is, I think uniquely so far, talks about the fact that wisdom tests you at first before rewarding you. Hmm. For at first she will walk with them on torturous paths. She will bring fear and dread upon them and will torment them by her discipline until she trusts them. And she will test them with her ordinances. Then she will come straight back to them again and gladden them and will reveal her secrets to them. If they go astray, she will forsake them and hand them over to their ruin. Usually you think of wisdom as like, you got it. You're good to go. Yeah. But I guess it's more talking about the acquisition of wisdom and like living a life of discipline is a thing that will test you. Think of wisdom as like the cause of your actions. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of positing it as like the effect, like a... Whether you'll get punished or not. (laughs) One thing the author is also obsessed with is talking. Talking. Because the author is obviously a person of who who takes words seriously and cares about words. And so a lot of his his judgments and advice is about how to how to speak and how to take care of. And he even says at one point, like, that's the true measure of a person is is what they say. Yeah. We'll get to that quote in a bit. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like in the middle somewhere. But yeah, he's like, you know, don't, uh, don't gossip, don't tell lies. There's one that's like, don't make up lies to tell about your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, um, if you have to tell us, then I know you've had a problem with it. So honor and dishonor come from speaking, and the tongue of mortals may be their downfall. Ooh. There's also a lot of rules for friendship. I like that. Um, and so like that kind of. St- Starts in chapter six, we get the first like rules for friendship um, where he says that nothing else is as valuable as a loyal friend, Mm -hmm. but the vast majority of friends are not actually loyal. That's right. Most will just desert you in your time of need or they'll just try and get something from you or they'll be mean to you. He says one out of 100 people that you know might be your true friend. But when you have that true friend, that's like the most valuable thing you Mm -hmm. can have. Did your good news translation have uh, have headings on some of the advice? Oh, yes. Very much so. I like I love some of the heading names. For example, chapter seven. Miscellaneous, miscellaneous advice. advice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I'm like, holy shit, you really did not structure this well if you're on chapter seven of 50 and you're already on miscellaneous advice. I mean, he does say at one point, he's like, well, you know, like wisdom is like a river. And um, I was just trying to be like a little, you know, like irrigation canal. But then this wisdom kept flowing through me and it just became a giant, uncontrollable stream of wisdom. So maybe he just didn't know, you know, maybe he didn't have the power to organize it. Mm. Um, within the miscellaneous advice, we have, uh, if you do no wrong, no wrong will ever come to you. Um, did you read Job? Yeah, that's always a complicated thing. Um, did you read Job? 
It does. It is clear that he has read Job because he mentions him in the history yeah. later. But it's in a very like. Yeah. Oh, also, Job was there. Um, uh, it, under miscellaneous advice, there's also do not dabble in the assembly of elders and do not repeat yourself when you pray. Mm. Is that a real rule? Are you supposed to not repeat yourself when you pray? I have never heard of that. No. Okay. And and obviously, um, I mean, especially for Catholics, but also for Protestants, there's kind of set prayers that you repeat like every day. <laughs> sure. Anyway, this chapter also brings to light some of the larger running themes. Like uh, take good care of any animals you own? Take good care of animals you own. (laughs) Um, Also, the author's opinions about two things, which I would say are probably harsher than modern conception of them. (laughs) Uh, On one Mm -hmm. hand, you have parenthood. Mm -hmm. It's really just about discipline, about like, hey, beat your kids, keep them in line, keep them quiet. And they'll, you know, reward you later in life by growing up to be good people. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not totally sold on that piece of advice. Second is much easier to dismiss because it's about slavery. Uh, yes. It's a, it sort of assumes that you got slaves. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, just treat them well. Let your soul love intelligent slaves. Do not withhold from them their freedom. Uh, I don't understand this line at all. How can you... <laughs> you have to withhold from them their freedom if they're your slaves. I also don't understand, um, and we'll get to more slave stuff later. That's pretty weird. Um, I also want to point out in this chapter, uh, if you have sons, educate them. Mm-hmm. If you have daughters, keep them virtuous and give them, give them to a sensible man. Mm-hmm. That's the third thing, I guess, that might be out of, out of line with modern sensibilities more than any other is the opinions towards women in this book. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, but I like, loved... it's not out of line with the rest of the Bible. <laughs> Just... Modern times. <laughs> um, I loved this part. It says, do you have cattle? Look after them. If they are profitable to you, keep them. And then it says, do you have children? And I really wanted it to say, look after them. <laughs> and if they are profitable to you, keep them. <laughs> I mean, you could sell children to settle a debt back then. You could. So. You could. So. So. Uh, chapter nine is another great heading. Advice about women. Yes. Thank God, because I need it. I've I've been getting nowhere with the ladies. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, how do you like some of this advice? Do not dally with a singing girl. Yes. Or or you will be caught by her tricks. Yes. It's like some of them are, are, you know, stuff you'd expect, like don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Sure. Um, but then others like, yeah. Some of of the advice seems more worldly than you would expect from, Uh from like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, don't don't keep company with female musicians is how oh, GMT has it. Well, hey, I mean, it's not as bad as actresses. But... Also, don't look too intently at a virgin. Mm-hmm. Or you may stumble and incur penalties for her. Incur penalties? It's like you're doing her taxes or something. Um, do not give yourself to prostitutes or you may lose your inheritance. That sounds like it's from real life. <laughs> does that just mean like you'll spend so much money on prostitutes or does it mean like... That's the punishment. That's a good question. That's a good question. It sounds like it could be both things. And it's like, do not give yourself to prostitutes or you may lose your inheritance. Like, just a warning, prostitutes want money when you sleep with them. That's, like, that's kind of their whole deal. Just a little bit of wisdom there for you. <laughs> uh, also in chapter nine, we get the line, friendship is like wine. It gets better as it grows older. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Joshua Ben Hallmark. There's some good stuff in Joshua <laughs> Ben Hallmark. Hallmark was a great rabbi. <laughs> a very wise man. 
He raised he a, a good lot son. of good words. Um, chapter ten is is interesting because it's um, kind of like Ecclesiastes. This is this book is known as Ecclesiasticus, and this part I think sort of references back to Ecclesiastes. Yeah, and the, the standout, some of the standout stuff from Ecclesiastes, in my opinion, was the like was the the humanism of it. Mm-hmm. I was saying like, look, glorify God through the small actions of your life, you know? And that means like working hard, taking care of yourself, enjoying yourself when you have a moment. And, and like, understanding that like you're going to die and... Accepting that all. Yeah. And just like living your day. Yeah. And like working hard and stuff. So chapter 10 has some of that. It's like, uh, we are only dust and ashes. Who deserves honor? The human race does because people fear the Lord. Who does not deserve honor? The human race does not because people break the Lord's commandments. So it's like um, that same sort of like paradox that we saw in like some Psalms and some Proverbs, yeah. like a paradox that's that's that makes the concept richer. Right. That's yeah. supposed to in, in the tension is supposed to give you a clue into yeah. some sort of wisdom or whatever. I, and also remind you that like just things are incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. Just obey God. I really like this line in chapter 10. How can dust and ashes be proud? Even in life, the human body decays. A long illness baffles the physician. The king of today will die tomorrow. For when one is dead, he inherits maggots and vermin and worms. Yum. (laughs) What, do you want some of those worms? (laughs) That's what we call spaghetti in this house. Do you remember? That's not true. Do you remember? It could be, though. Do you remember in The Lion King? No. When? uh, No. The when Timon and Pumbaa like teach yes. Simba how to eat insects, no, because it makes the insects look really delicious. It does. Yeah, is that was that your like memory of it growing up? Yeah, yeah. Like, like you wanted to sleep with the Robin Hood fox. I did not you... want to sleep with the Robin Hood fox. I was like six. I had a very innocent crush on the Robin Hood fox. It was very non-sexual, mm-hmm. and the bugs looked delicious. Timon just like <laughs> pops it in his. You know, he's like. Pops it in his mouth like candy. It looks just like so juicy and like delicious. Uh, anyway, just you, getting back to this. It's on tape. It's all on this tape. common sense <laughs> advice uh, in the book of Sirach. Don't make fun of people. Uh, chapter 11 has one of my personal laws. Do not invite everyone into your home for many are the tricks of the crafty. Oh, <laughs> it's not that I'm afraid of tricks, really. It's more that just it's just it's a uh, little dirty. <laughs> this this man was an introvert. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this man is definitely an introvert. Do you feel like you got a sense of his character after reading all this advice? Um, yeah, but I I, I don't think I got a strong sense of introvert. I guess maybe like the idea of not as much as uh, not as much as other as other writers. I, I guess he maybe not an introvert. The idea of like. You only have a few good friends, maybe, mm. is like... But that's not like... <laughs> okay, let's let's keep going, though. Okay. Uh, uh, stay in your lane. Uh, give to good people, but do not help sinners. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems a little harsh, because like we're all sinners out here. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Nobody feels sorry for snake charmers who get bitten. That's crazy, because that is like... Um, you know, there's like branches of like charismatic Christians who do yeah. like snake bite shit right um and well you're supposed to handle the snake and it doesn't bite you because you're faith right but like 
here it is in the Bible. Nobody feels sorry for snake charmers that get bitten. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Nobody does feel sorry. And everybody reads those headlines and they go, well, I'm making a very exacerbated face. Mm-hmm. I don't Exas- know if you can Exacerbated? Tell. Exasperated. Mm-hmm. I'm making a very drunken speech <laughs> where I mix up words. I no make a good talk. <laughs> A rich person will gladly drain you dry. Uh, when someone rich makes a mistake, there are many people to cover up for him and explain away all the things he never should have said. But let someone poor make a mistake, and he gets nothing but criticism. I mean, that's absolutely true. And a little too true right now at this moment. Too true. In history. Too true. Chapter 14 has an extensive note on basically the idea of treat yourself. <laughs> it's true. It does. It says, like, well, uh, what use is money to a stingy person? Because, like, they don't even use it. You know, they mm-hmm. just deny themselves pleasure in order to hoard all this money that they never use. And then they die and then it's gone. Treat yourself, of course, an immortal concept created by Parks and Recreation, and, the TV show. And sent back in time to 200 BC. <laughs> My child, treat yourself well according to your means. and present According to your memes. <laughs> And present worthy offerings to the Lord. Do not deprive yourself of a day's enjoyment. Do not let your share of desired good pass you by. Will you not leave the fruit of your labors to another and what you acquired by toil to be divided by lot? Give and take and indulge yourself because in Hades one cannot enjoy any luxury. Oh, mine didn't have anything about Hades. It should be Sheol, right? I mean, No, because this is from the, the Greek. Greek. Yeah, You're reading the, from the Greek. Um uh, chapter 16 reminds us that God forgives, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says he did not forget those ancient giants who rebelled against him. Ah, you were on Giant Watch too. I wrote that down. Shout out to the evil fuck angels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their weird giant kids. <laughs> their giant sons. Their sad giant sons. The original large sons. Those are Yeah, those are the original large sons. And boy, did they cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And the world has never recovered from large suns. Apparently not. Well, maybe because they got flooded. But no, some of them survived, right? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, chapter 18, what are human beings? Of what use are we? Uh, human lifespan is a drop of water in the ocean of time. It says also, like, if you live to 100, that's a really long life. That's right. So we're we're at realistic uh uh, lifespans now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's true. That's true. We're human scale. It's not like, oh, yeah, if you live to 900 because you're holy. <laughs> and it also says, um, God looks at us and knows that we are doomed to die. Mm-hmm. That is why he is so willing to forgive us. A very interesting theological point. Yeah, I that think, like he sees these puny little mortals. Yeah. And he's like, oh, they're really just weak and bad. I guess gotta cut him some slack but i also like the idea that the fact that we have to deal with our own impending deaths gives us a lot of leeway he's like oh that's a that's a fact that's very difficult to deal with and like look these people have reason like not like like free will not like the rams or the oh yeah yeah. or like the snakes or whatever the snacks or the dugs yeah or the the burbs the burbs um, but these people have to deal with the knowledge of their own impending death. So, like, I will forgive them because that's a difficult fact to deal with. I think that, that like, rings truer than some of the mm-hmm. other um, opinions about 
God's forgiveness yeah. and God's punishment yeah. and stuff, which have been all over the map in the Bible so far. And that's like a, a perspective I haven't heard before. Like I've never thought of that uh, from that angle. Uh, chapter 19, a foolish person trying to keep a secret suffers like a woman in labor. True. I can, I have a very – it feels like a, a secret is trying to – Exit my body mm-hmm. forcefully. Mm-hmm. Did you like the paradoxes in chapter 20? For example, a slip on the pavement is better than a slip of the tongue. Oh. The downfall of the wicked will occur just as speedily. Ooh. A coarse person is like an inappropriate story continually on the lips of the ignorant. Ooh. I don't, I guess, I don't see how a coarse person would be continuously on the lips of the ignorant, except, of course, the coarse and the ignorant, you know how they like to Yeah, do. you know. You know it's a proverb from a fool's lips will be rejected for he does not tell it at the proper time. That I like. Did you like the extremely good burn in chapter 22? We mourn for the dead because they have no access to light. We ought to mourn for fools because they have no access to intelligence. Yeah, there were some there were some some good burns. I for like- seven days we mourn the dead, but a foolish or ungodly person causes a lifetime of grief. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> How about the mind of fools is in their mouth, but the mouth of the wise is in their mind. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) My mind mouth just got blown. Mm, That sounded different than how I intended. Sounded different. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. No cussing, no cheating on your spouse. Um, You know, he's harsher on uh, cheating women, but, but also harsh on cheating men. Yeah. Yeah. He's super harsh on women, though. Yeah. Super harsh, bro. Super. Uh, Chapter 25 has a list of 10 kinds of people I feel fortunate to know. The first listicle. (laughs) Bring this man to BuzzFeed. (laughs) Jesus Ben Sira. Um, And on this list, we've got, like, wise people, God-fearing people, um, happy happily married couples happy gilmore um but we also have uh, a person who doesn't have to work for someone less competent than himself <laughs> you know what he's right that's true yeah shout out to all your small business owners what's out the, there what's the uh bad bosses or something horrible bosses. horrible bosses two i think is what you're thinking horrible bosses two jesus ben zero <laughs> Horrible bosses three, I suppose it would have to it be. It would have to be. Yeah. Or it's just a bunch of God-fearing, clean-mouthed, sexually pure employees. The way you said that made it sound kind of hot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really I don't need to worry about that. Speaking of hot, to a fornicator, all bread is sweet. He will never weary until he dies. Well, that sounds kind of good. I know, but and this was in a part denouncing fornicators. Oh. What about I would rather and they're live, fornicating ways. I would rather live in the same house with a lion or a dragon than with a bad wife. Uh oh, wives, <laughs> you know what I'm talking Fellas. about. From a woman, sin had its beginning, and because of her, we all die. Yeah, allow no outlet to water and no boldness of speech to an evil wife. If she does not go as you direct, separate her from yourself. I had nagging wife instead of evil wife. Thanks, GNT. <laughs> okay. We're about halfway through. We need to take a break. You're going to hear a little bit of music. What? And then we'll be right back. Oh, my God. Check it out. Bye.
Bye. Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we're talking about Ciroc. A.K.A. Ben Zira. A.K.A. Ecclesiasticus, etc. A.K.A. the Holy Fucking Wisdom. We left off about halfway through the book, and we're going to start about halfway through the book. Aw, yeah. Um, I just want to have a couple couple little bits. Like, keep your slutty daughter in check. Yeah. Okay. I, I know. It's your daughter, too. <laughs> keep your slutty daughter in check. Look what she did. Did you know a wife's charm delights her husband and her skill puts flesh on his bones? Yet trying to control a bad wife is like holding a scorpion. Mm -hmm. I just like the idea of her skill putting flesh on his bones. (laughs) She's fattening him up. Or it's a sex thing. Oh, Like golden pillars on silver bases, so are shapely legs and steadfast feet. Oh my God, I don't remember that one. (laughs) Must have skimmed over that one. <laughs> um, how about this? If you blow on a spark, it will glow. If you spit on it, it will be put mm, out. Yet both sense. come out of your mouth. What the heck? That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't realize that before. <laughs> uh, a person who gets rich without sinfully chasing after money is fortunate. Do you know anyone like that? If so, we will congratulate him for performing a miracle that no one else has ever been able to do. (laughs) (laughs) Real shitty. I like that. (laughs) This guy's got a real way with words and way with quips. I don't know if he does or his son who's transcribing it does. Good point. Maybe their powers combined. I like this one. The blow of a whip raises a welt, but a blow of the tongue crushes the bones. Mm. It's true. Sticks and stones, baby. Sticks and stones, as true today as it was when it was written. <laughs> anyway, then... Uh, now we need to get to the really important part. Yes, there's a very... Which is table manners. Yeah, there's a very... And I would describe this less as table manners and more as like party rules. It starts with table manners and it progresses into party etiquette. Okay. So first we've got, you know, like, don't try to get served first. Don't take too much food. Uh, mine has eat like a human being. Don't smack and slurp. Nobody can stand that. <laughs> eat like a human being. This is my favorite Bible verse that I've ever read. <laughs> People, don't smack and slurp. <laughs> Nobody can stand that. How ample a little is for a well-disciplined person. He does not breathe heavily when in bed. I don't think anybody <laughs> should do that. Healthy sleep depends on moderate eating. <laughs> This sounds like a blog post. If you are overstuffed with food, get up to vomit and you will have relief. Oh my god! Uh, Don't try to prove your manhood by how much you can drink. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I like you can his his opinions about wine and drunkenness. I feel like are very uh, elevated. They're very they're very refined. Well, first of all, women shouldn't drink at all. Well. <laughs> oh well. Uh, As the furnace tests the work of the smith, so wine tests hearts when the insolent quarrel. Wine whoa. is very life to human beings if taken in moderation. What is life to one who is without wine? It has been created to make people happy. Wine drunk at the proper time and in moderation is rejoicing of heart and gladness of soul. How about that? That's great. And he also says, um, you can, so he says like you can talk if you're one of the older people at Mm -hmm. the party. Like you can initiate a conversation. Mm -hmm. If you're younger, you have to wait to speak until spoken to. But the important part is do not interrupt the music. Because good music and good wine, an emerald set in gold. (laughs) Mwah. <laughs> a ruby su- they forgot to put the Italian kiss fingers emoji in. <laughs> a ruby seal in a setting of gold is a concert of music at a banquet of wine. This guy looks, he likes to party. <laughs> this guy likes to party extremely tamely and in moderation without women. Anyway, there, there's more party etiquette here. Leave in good time and do not be the last. Go home quickly and do not linger. Good advice. It is. Amuse yourself there to your heart's content, which is a strange line to have in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) But But treat yourself. But do not sin through proud speech. But above all, bless your maker who fills you with his good gifts. Ah, yeah. His good gifts like wine. Mm -hmm. And other good gifts. Partying. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Moving on to a somewhat less uh, celebratory topic. Here's a quote. A donkey should be given its fodder and its burden, and it should be beaten. A slave should be given food and work, and should be disciplined. What I don't understand about this is why the slave labor is on the same side of the equation with the food. <laughs> it's like... It's that, that's just good life etiquette. It's like, like, beat your slaves. It's like, party, it's like party, party, drink responsibly and beat and your beat slaves. Your slaves like, like, beat your slaves... But like, you know, but be fair by giving them food and slave labor, you know, which they need to survive. I think like this guy just needs to take another look at his thinking because he lays it all out. He lays the the contradiction bare in his own writing. How so? Check this passage. Okay, I'm checking it. uh, Check. I've got my monocle on. I'm taking a close look. Check this passage. Set your slave to work and you will find rest. Leave his hands idle and he will seek liberty. Yoke and thong will bow the neck, and for a wicked slave there are racks and tortures. Put him to work in order that he may not be idle, for idleness teaches much evil. I literally, like, blocked this out of my memory, and I just read this, like, two hours ago. (laughs) Set him to work as is fitting for him, and if he does not obey, make his fetters heavy. And then the capstone on this. Do not be overbearing towards anyone, and do nothing unjust. Okay, that, not, ma- that all makes sense. Does yeah. he not see how that last part might... It's, I mean, clearly not. It's literally right after he says, and for a wicked slave, there are racks and tortures. I guess that might count as just in his eyes. It does. I mean, it clearly does. I mean, he's a... But the person is a slave. They have to... They have, they're owned by another person. Yeah. It's, that's not a problem to him. I wasn't... Is that, is that unjust? Is that just... That he owns another person? I mean, obviously not. But <laughs> what are you gonna what are you gonna tell him? He's from 200 BC. He thinks 
you know, I was going to say he thinks the sun is a god, but he <laughs> he's doesn't. not allowed to think. Yeah, that. he's not allowed to think. Well, that. he thinks that, but he but he has to hide it. To yeah. It continues on thusly. Some of the some of the advice actually repeats itself. Yeah, there's a lot. There's like repeated stuff about like how to be a good friend. Like don't get in fights. Uh, oh, when, uh, when a you woman, talk, you can expose yourself too much. Yeah, yeah. And blah blah blah. Uh, a woman has to take any man as a husband, but a man must choose his wife carefully. That seems fair. Chapter thirty-eight is all about praising doctors, which like. Who fucking knows what doctors were even doing in 200 BC? It was like, yeah, yeah, we'll like dip you in like uh, chicken blood, mm-hmm. and that's and he and this guy's like, yeah, you gotta respect these dudes. They went through years of medical school mm-hmm. to dip you in blood. Um, it does say the the weirdest, most interesting part. It says, "Didn't a tree once make bitter water fit to drink, so that the Lord's power might be known?" Is that aspirin? It's something like that. It's some naturally occurring phenomenon that people were able to replicate. Like bitter stuff from a tree? I don't think it's bitter stuff from a tree. The tree made bitter water fit to drink. So some sort of treatment. Oh, I see. It made the water not bitter. Yes. Bitter water being I see, undrinkable. I see. I don't know whether, what, like, whether it was something with like iodine in it. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah, but it's it's that's, a, uh, that's an interesting point. Like, what what is the treatment that like convinced this person yeah. that, that doctors were for real? He was um, like, "Whoa, I saw bitter water made made good." Uh huh. You know, I mean, he says uh, the Lord created medicines from the earth, and a sensible person will not hesitate to use them. Mm-hmm. That does seem like a pretty big refutation of like Christian science and like faith healing. You don't have to go far to refute christian science and faith healing i mean like i know but like but a scriptural uh, a scriptural <laughs> refutation is what i mean like i don't yeah. know of any other place in the bible where it says doctors and medicine are good hmm. like that's a good point explicitly yeah. we there might be some that we haven't gotten to yet but i've never heard of it no yeah. uh we also get this shout out to scholars farmers artists craftsmen blacksmiths potters without such people there would be no cities the work they do holds this world together I also like that he defines in the same chapter, like basically defines his own work in terms of not having to do any physical labor. Oh, yeah. He says a scholar should be relieved of other responsibilities so they can focus on their scholarship. The wisdom of the scribe depends on the opportunity of leisure. Leisure? Leisure? What accent was that that I was doing? The wisdom of the scribe depends on the opportunity of leisure. Leisure? Only the one (laughs) who has little business can become wise. How can one become wise who handles the plow and who glories in the shaft of a goad? Wow, that sounds hot. That sounds Who drives oxen and is occupied with their work and whose talk is about bulls? Huh? He's like, hey, I got to be wise I gotta, over I got to do me. Yeah. I, I got to be- focus on being wise. That doesn't involve like working. You focus on Sorry, farming. Mom. I'm going to focus on being wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, he follows that up with chapter 39. There's a great quote. Uh, like the moon, I am full. Full of more ideas to be discussed. Yeah, we know you wrote 50 fucking chapters. Yeah, speaking of which, there's not really that much left uh, that is original. There's some some rather nice poetry at the end, but we won't get super into that. But at the very end of the book, it actually 
has a strange historical segment. Yeah, the last several chapters, the last like, I don't know, eight yeah. chapters, seven chapters are, um, well, it starts, so let us now give praise to godly men. Which is apparently the most oftenly quoted line from this book. Yes, although I've always heard it as, so let us now give praise to famous men. Mm. And I didn't know it was from the Bible because That's, it's- It's famous men in mine. Oh, it is? Yeah. Um, it's in iambic pentameter. Uh. So let us now give praise to godly men, our ancestors of generations past, whom the Lord honored with great glory. It's in iambic pentameter. Wow. So when I hear, when I hear that- that uh, line, assume... I thought it was from Shakespeare or some other uh, Renaissance. I wonder if Shakespeare quotes it because um, it's an iambic pentameter. I mean, I think that it was probably like a deliberate translation choice, mm. um, even though Hebrew poetry, you know, like at that at that time didn't use meter and rhyme. Those weren't how many feet they got. <laughs> you know, it's hard to say because the Hebrew word for foot is the same as the Hebrew word for leg. Mm. An excellent point. <laughs> um. But yeah, so let us now give praise to godly slash famous men. And then it goes through and it's like, you know, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac. It runs Jacob, down the whole lineage of blah, blah, blah. Jewish patriarchs. Yeah. And uh, and some like random ones in there. you know, and then, Including some and, of the bad kings from yeah, Israel. <laughs> Rehoboam and Jeroboam who split the kingdom into. Um, I guess they're famous men, but they're not godly men. Right. I, I don't really... I don't know, uh, you know, Josiah, who rediscovered the Torah, some of the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. I like that Ezekiel, like, uh, all he says about Ezekiel is, like, who has shown the vision of the divine glory over the chariot and the living creatures. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's that's what we took away from Ezekiel, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a weird-ass vision of that chariot. It's like, there were, like, 30 other books yeah. <laughs> in Ezekiel, but... Like, let's, yeah, let's be real about what Ezekiel is famous for. Um, and then, you know, it, yeah, it just names a, f a few more biblical figures and, uh, that's, that's that, uh, there's a benediction at the end. That's basically like, God bless Israel. It lists the three hated nations that mm -hmm. need to be singled out for some reason. Uh, that's very obviously a later addition. I think these are the Edomites, the inhabitants of the Philistine cities and the stupid Samaritans. <laughs> I don't know if it's a later Edition. It might be. I have no idea. But like the the book itself was written quite late. You know, it was written right. in 200 BC. So maybe it's not. Um, and then he signs it. Yeah. And it says, uh, "I, Jesus, son of Sirach, Eleazar of Jerusalem, put all my wisdom into writing this book. It's like mm -hmm. I, my name is Jesus Ben Sirach, and I approve this message." <laughs> I approve that's a massage. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a little John Wayne there. <laughs> oh, I was going for Lumpy Space Princess. Okay. It's similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would say. I would say Lumpy Space Princess is like, you know, the... 70% John Wayne? The inheritor of like John Wayne's legacy. I agree. Yeah. Um, and then it like, uh, it wraps it up with the song of Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. uh, it unwraps turkey, it briefly. Turkey, turkey, here we go. <laughs> Everybody eats it. No, no, no. <laughs> Is that your vegetarian Thanksgiving carol? <laughs> yes. Uh, it sort of sort of unwraps it briefly with a story about how he, 
used to be foolish, but now he's wise. Mm-hmm. He learned all this stuff. And yeah. uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah, on the playground, was raised by most of his days. And then he rewraps it up uh, by saying, you know, everyone's just got to listen to me and, fo- and follow what I do, what I say. Uh, the end. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's how the book ends. How would you rate this book, my dear? I'm going to give it eight out of 12 bitter waters. Okay. Uh, Why? 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 I, well, first of all, it's too long. Second of all, it hates women. But that's, you know, it's kind of standard. Yeah. You know, you lower your standards after a while. We're 35 weeks into this. (laughs) And uh, I've learned by now that sometimes shit is too long and uh, the Bible hates women. So, uh, but there is some, there is some cool stuff in here. Mm-hmm. There's, um, stuff I, I love, like some of my favorite stuff during this podcast is reading Bible verses that like, uh, depict behavior that is still super relatable. Mm-hmm. For example, having a secret and really wanting to tell mm-hmm. and not being able to. Um, so I like that. Uh, it's also a really nice break from the prophets that we're in the middle of which are very repetitive because they're just like you're wicked and the world is gonna end so overall eight out of twelve not as good as ecclesiastes clearly Mm -hmm. uh but you know in the same vein it's kind of a lesser version of ecclesiastes yeah how about you i would i would give it 11 out of 14 ruby seals in settings of gold Uh uh-huh uh for, for basically the same reasons a little over long a little repetitive uh, also, the opinions on, I'd say, women, parenting, and slavery <laughs> are kind of indefensible. I mean, except for keeping your slutty daughter in check. You really got to do that. There's a part in here where it's like having a having a, a female child is basically a curse. <laughs> because like when you're young, when the, when the daughter is young, you're worried that somebody is going to rape her. Rape her. When she's... Older, you're worried she's going to have consensual sex and get pregnant. Yeah. When she's married, you're worried that she's not a good wife. And it's like fathers like stay up at night thinking about their daughters. Yeah. Because it's like, whoa, please let's don't just, expose too much of yourself. Let's just rein this in. Yeah. Anyway. But on the other hand, it does have some parts of the Bible wisdom stuff that I like the most, which is like the human focus stuff, mm-hmm. which is like. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Like, enjoy yourself. You're going to die. Like, you should think about all of this advice. And I, I, I almost like the scattershot organization of it, that you would have practical advice right next to poems that are basically like, death is coming for us. Like, <laughs> and you have to acknowledge that. Like Poems about the glory of the Lord. And then it's like, hey, chew with your mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. It feels It feels very real. It feels very lived in mm-hmm. you know and it, it feels like it it might have had fewer hands on it than some of yeah. some of the stuff we've read yeah i agree to its to its benefit um because the more like humanity that comes through in the writing i feel like the more relatable it is and the more likely the advice is to to have any resonance i like some of the advice is pretty good yeah i'd say yeah um advi- like advice uh, on friendship advice on yeah don't uh don't like lose your temper that's like mentioned several times. Advice on enjoying yourself. Advice on speaking. Like I, I, I like the the sort of biblical canon opinion about like it's better to listen. 
uh-huh. and then speak when you think you have something to say yeah. than it is to always be talking because there's no way anybody could have something to say all the time. Ben Zero's an introvert. <laughs> In a certain kind of way. I mean, like, but that that is backed up, I feel like, adv- advice from both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes yeah, yeah. earlier. I'm I'm being facetious. You're being what? I know. Baby, I have something to admit to you. Sometimes I'm a little facetious. <laughs> You're a little something, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> anyway, those, those are my opinions about the book. I respect and honor those opinions. I feel like I, it's pretty good. I mean, like... I, I wish he hadn't signed it, so it might be in the in the in the canon. I think it's good. It's certainly more worthy than some of the garbage they got in the fucking mainline Bible. Like what? I don't. Want to, I don't want to name names. Probably because I'm Nehemiah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's also super late, I guess, so they couldn't include it. He signed it, so it couldn't be like attributed to divine inspiration from a prophet. There are reasons. Let's forget all those reasons. Uh-huh. In fact, let's forget the entire Bible. Okay. And let's move on to listener mail. That sounds great. I mean, most of our listener mail is like Bible adjacent at least, so we hmm. probably shouldn't forget about it completely. Hmm. <laughs> we got a letter. Oh boy, did we get a letter. From our listener, Joel. That's not his first name, it's his middle name, but he goes by it. He tells a story about meeting the the writer Terry Pratchett. R.I.P. And about Terry Pratchett mishearing his name slightly and him explaining that Joel, the name that he goes by, was a prophet. And yeah, Terry, he's like Joel, like the prophet. Yeah. And Pratchett asks, a prophet? What did he prophesize? And our listener Joel says, uh, a plague of locusts, I think, in the, the proper fashion because... Who knows what these people actually said? Um, well, Pr- he did. I mean, we did our book on Joel, and it was locusts. It was locusts. Uh, Pratchett asks, "Did it come true?" And the listener says, "Well, they said it did." And Pratchett says, "Good for him." So there you have it. Real life prophet engagement stories. locust stories. A plus plus. Thanks for the letter, Joel. Uh, we also heard from our listener, Jen, who sent us a link to uh, a little thing that was like 10 historical records that tell another side of Bible stories. She says, I didn't do any fact checking, but we know every story has multiple sides. I thought it was interesting to see how some of the stories of the Bible were told by outsiders. And it's, you know, I, I didn't fact check any of it either, but it's stuff like, uh, you know, like Xerxes, who's mentioned as the the husband of Esther in the book of Esther, is the same Xerxes Who's the villain in the movie 300? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just like, because some of these figures in the Bible are historical figures. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So it's cool. So I don't know. It's interesting and cool. It's interesting and cool. And thank you for the letter, Jen. Jen. From our listener, Kayla. She wrote that she never thought she would enjoy a podcast about the Bible so much. She wrote that she would never, ever, ever, ever ever thought she would enjoy a podcast about the Bible so much. Well, I mean, that makes two of us, frankly. Um, (laughs) And she also says very kindly, this podcast has completely changed the way I think about religion. Like you, I grew up, this is talking about you, Lauren, I grew up very Christian and was obsessed about going to hell and sinning all the time. And it kind of threw me into a depression. I left religion for many of the reasons you have mentioned in the podcast. Hearing the actual stories from the Bible made me realize how much of Christianity is fabricated and how misquoted the Old Testament is. Keep up the great work (laughs) from Kayla. Thank you very much for your letter, Kayla. Um, We got a letter from our listener, Matt. It's too long to read the whole thing, but he 
he also grew up Christian and left the church. And he said it wasn't really like very traumatic for him. It was just, you know, he he learned about science and he stopped believing. Um, and then he started reading some books about like biblical archaeology. Uh, he mentions The Bible Unearthed and David and Solomon by Israel Finkelstein and Neil Asher Silberman, as well as Misquoting Jesus and Jesus Interrupted by Bart Ehrman. And, uh, you know, thought about these things in historical context. Uh, the best thing he said in this letter, I think, is uh, that the the long list of kings in the books of Kings that led up to the Babylonian exile, the good kings often had super short reigns and died from wars. And the bad kings that worshipped foreign gods often reigned for a really long time. Makes you wonder if the strict monotheism and suppression of other gods wasn't always as good a plan as having a more tolerant polytheism. It's an excellent point. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, and then he said, you know, while reading these books, he, he became more angry than he was when he actually left religion because mainline preachers slash pastors slash priests know about this, but, you know, they don't teach it to you. So thank you for that letter, Matt. Our listener, Jeffrey, also wrote a long letter that we can't read the, Very long. the entirety of And it. we loved reading all of it, but mm-hmm. we, can't, we can't reproduce it in full. Uh, highlights of his letter include, and I hope this does your letter justice. It probably doesn't. You were friends with Kevin Jonas at his Christian middle school. Great story. Great. No, I mean, it's great. He got kicked out of youth group at age 16 for asking too many questions, which is a great reason to get kicked out of youth group. Also for like being okay with sex. (laughs) And he writes, in the end, I don't feel robbed of an eternity. Rather, I feel my eternity in small moments. For instance, the way a rhododendron opens to the sun in the morning is my favorite natural moment to glimpse. To me, that is heaven, that is knowledge and bliss and eternity. It's neither right or wrong, good or ill, it just is. Thank you very much for your letter, Jeffrey. Thank you, Jeffrey. Now, much more importantly than our our, human listeners. Yeah, than our our listeners' beautiful, heartfelt... Mm -hmm life stories that they've entrusted us with Mm -hmm. we gotta curse some cats that's right we have cats to curse because cats won't curse themselves but they need it so bad they need it so bad so we have evaluated these cats of course personally and (laughs) we have deemed them worthy of cursing desperately in need of curses so i will say this to you remy you are like a filthy stone and everyone hisses at your disgrace. You are the filth of dung hills. Anyone that picks you up will shake you off his hand. Remy belongs to our listener Jamie, or actually to Jamie's sister. And one time he pooped on Jamie's guitar case. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we evaluate these very carefully. It's true. Rigorous process. I also want to talk to a cat named Koala. Um, you degrade yourself and you are hated by your neighborhood. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. <laughs> Patrick requested we curse Koala, even though the file name on the picture that he sent us of Koala is the most handsome cat in the world. <laughs> JPG. Just also the name of my memoir. Um, our listener with the Twitter handle killing you guy. <laughs> Maybe tone that Twitter handle down a little. I don't know. Uh, sent us a picture of his dog. It's too late. It's his brand. Smokey, baby. who is a Bouvier. He helpfully provided a pronunciation guide for the word Bouvier, which I do not need because I know everything about dogs. <laughs> now, the thing about dogs is you can't curse them. Dogs don't deserve curses. Dogs no. deserve blessings. Mm-hmm. It's not 
it's not that like cats are bad and dogs are good. It's just uh, a value neutral recognition that cats need curses and dogs need blessings. Yeah, it's very simple, people. I feel like we're explaining something that does not need to be explained. For example, cats are all girls. Dogs are all boys. This is easy stuff. Yeah, it's elementary. Smokey, you are like the morning star among the clouds, like the full moon at the festal season, like the sun shining on the temple of the Most High, like the rainbow gleaming in splendid clouds. I like that. Although, did you just compare him to Lucifer, the morning star? Um, Maybe that's Ben Zero's problem, not mine. Fair enough. Um, Our listener Thomas also sent us a picture of his dog, Kira. Looks like it might be, I don't know, black labradoodle or a Portuguese water dog, something like that. A handsome pup, regardless. Um, And I just want to tell you, Kira, you are like roses in the days of first fruits, like lilies by a spring of water, like a green shoot on Lebanon on a summer day. Mm, That's a fresh ass dog right there. (laughs) Ah, oh, I feel so much lighter now that our responsibilities have been discharged. Yeah, towards the pets of the world. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know more about our responsibilities and discharge, I guess, you can follow mm. us on Twitter at SunSchoolDrop. Yes, um, and you can contact us at contact at SundaySchoolDropouts.lol. Send us pictures of your cats, we'll curse them. Send us pictures of your dogs, we'll bless them. And we will never... Never do the reverse of those two things. No. It's just not how things are It's just are against done. nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow Lauren on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. That's true. Um, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Search for Sunday School Dropouts or go to the, the URL add-on thing is Sunday School Drop. Our art and logo is by Elise Carlton. And we thank her very much. We also thank Nico for his original music, like a jillion original music. It's like... 70 at this point it'll be 70 70 units of music and uh yeah 70 musics uh as well as 70 well as well as 35 like editings and 35 <laughs> sound engineerings i mean plus a few when we record other segments you know whatever a bunch you're welcome we want to thank you again for your patience while we ran a rerun last week and uh if perchance you want to rate and review us on itunes we would super love that if we get to 100 reviews, Nico will join Twitter. He has promised, and I will hold him to it. We're currently at 32 reviews, mm-hmm. so we're a third of the way there, approximately. You know, minus one point through repeating. Now, I understand very few of you would care that I got on Twitter. I think you might uh, you might underestimate. I know that one of our reviews, one of our more recent reviews is like, hey, guys, great job. Want to get Nico on Twitter? Leave in a review. <laughs> well, in that case, I hate all of you. <laughs> Everyone, let's ruin Nico's life by forcing him onto the cesspit that is Twitter. On that note, we love you. Thank you very much. I'm Lauren O'Neill. I'm Nico Bakulich. And we'll see you on Sunday. Bye. <laughs>